Hey everyone, this is Hayden with Hill Pursuit, um, and this is episode 61 of the podcast. The first thing I want to say real quick is after about less than 48 hours um, after putting a call out for open slots for upcoming um, fall one-on-one -on -one coaching, we actually filled all of our slots in less than 48 hours, which is pretty incredible. We're really, really excited about that. Um, so one thing I just want to mention is if you are someone who's interested in coaching, just keep your eyes and ears um, peeled and, and in tune with some of our announcements because some of those slots will reopen or we may add some additional slots in the very near future. So thanks for following along in that sense and please keep doing so. Um, in today's episode, we talk a lot about the effect of strength training the crossover effect it has on endurance sport. Um, and in, in the same sense, we talk about how different metabolic energy systems are kind of always interacting and overlapping in, in, in some way or another affected by different variables. But um, that's a, a large part of today's discussion. We talk about uphill running. We talk about heat and humidity again, because it's definitely getting hotter and more humid as the summer continues on. Um, and then lastly, we talk a little bit about Ohio 70.3 coming up for me, some expectations that I have, and um, that's pretty much it for today. But um, again, if you, if you are following along, great. Check us out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Hill Pursuit. Um, please uh, continue to listen to the podcast episodes. You can find them on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. And, and of course, if you want to start a conversation with us, hillpursuit at gmail.com. The daily blog is on our website, hillpursuit.com, along with access to this and all other podcasts. So thank you for listening. This is episode 61. What's up, man? How are we doing? Good, bro. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Back from vacation. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize you were going to be on a vacation the same week I was going to be, to be honest with you. You know, it didn't occur to me either until you sent me a picture of you fishing. Yeah, I had, I had um, yeah, I had, so that, that was cool, kind of worked out in a way, and kind of did some stuff probably to, to make up for not being in our normal training routine. Yeah. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, dude, vacation was great. Um, I was in the outer banks, got in some, I brought my TRX. So I got in plenty of that type of work suspension system stuff, which I think is great. I love that stuff. Nice. And then, um, I ran, every other day and two of the runs were structured um like tempo work interval work one of them was just like long easy <clears throat> so um you know six days that you know three trx workouts three runs and didn't really have um access to much else of course, I could have swam in the ocean, but I don't feel comfortable doing that by myself. So I would have needed, 
you know, someone there like either swimming with me or like <laughs> hanging out on the shore or something. I don't know, but that didn't happen. So I just kind of chalked that one up and it was what it was, but got a little swim in this morning. So that felt good. But um, yeah, I mean, it vacation workouts are vacation workouts. You know, sometimes they're less, you know, less than you want them to be or you know, you don't have time, you want to sleep in, whatever, but it actually ended up being a pretty good training week when I wasn't even intending for it to be a pretty good training week. Like I, I had some pretty good workouts. I don't know about you, but how was the, how were things for you? Yeah. So I always kind of look at vacation. It's kind of like one of the things like, where are you at like in your season or whatever, you know, if you can afford to take the week off and kind of use that as your deload, maybe do some just like walking or whatever, you know, I, I go with that, you know, um, it depends where you're at. Like you're coming up on another race, so you kind of got to keep on it. But yeah, I definitely moved as well. I, uh, <clears throat> I took a vest. Um, I took a kettlebell and some bands. So I, uh, I was also, I was at a lake too. Um, nice. so I actually swam a little bit. Um, nothing crazy. Uh, like I said, I moved and then some of my kettlebell sessions were, uh, they were pretty good, but they, nothing was like a form. I didn't stay on any type of program. It was just kind of, you know, put up a workout of the day. I wrote up for myself and yeah. I'm going to do that. I actually, I ran a couple of times, you know, it's like you said, we talked about before you can run anywhere. Um, so it was good. It was hot. So it was kind of, uh, it was a good training in a different environment. Um, where I live now, there's not a lot of hills. Um, so where we were there, it was very, you know, a lot of hills so that was cool kind of uh kind of got to run somewhere that I you know I mean growing up that's all I had was hills around me so it felt good to kind of get back there and dude it, it's weird like I was like I'd be going up a hill I had I had like uh I was tracking like my pace my pace dropped like in a good way like my time dropped significantly when I was going up a hill like, I don't know so what you, it was. you mean dropped like got faster or got slower yeah way faster like, oh really yeah, I don't know what it was. Like, I, as soon as I started pulling a hill, like, I would just take off. And uh, it felt good. Like, my lungs weren't gas. I just – my legs worked. Um, but then as soon as I hit the flat again, I don't know what it was. Like, it would die down. Um, but I felt strong on the hill, so that was cool. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Um, you know, I ate some good food. I think vacation's good for that, too. You go oh, somewhere. yeah. Oh, yeah. I pounded some ice cream. I think I pounded, like <laughs> – pounded the ice cream there's like two uh two like mom and shop ice cream places in two different towns so um i can't pass that up <laughs> oh that's good I, I don't know like i didn't have like any crazy sweets i don't think i mean we got like ice cream cones for the kids so sure i got an ice cream cone but i wasn't like murdering the <laughs> murdering the ben and jerry's but um I had some good steaks, had some good seafood. That was pretty awesome. I was excited about that. I love seafood. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had some good food. Not, nothing too sweet, I don't think. Of course, a bunch of, bunch of snacks that everyone brings, thinking that, you know, we got five little kids because my family, my sister's family, um, she has three little kids and I have two, so – we're bringing a bunch of snacks for, you know, because you think that kids are going to eat snacks like crazy. 
So of course the, all the adults are eating all the snacks too. So, but yeah, I mean, I, it didn't bother me for a week. I just ate whatever I wanted and, um, I ate pretty good too, honestly. So that was, that was a plus for the week, but that's pretty cool. I like one thing that I had a conversation. I can't even remember who it was with. Oh no, I remember someone messaged me on social media, just like about resistance training and nothing in particular. They weren't like asking questions or anything. It was just a random message about strength training and just kind of got me thinking about how it applies to like different sports and running like for your example you know you got on hills and you know you you didn't slow down you sped up um and sure it's great to say well I'm the type of athlete that gets on a hill and I want to speed and I always speed up it's great to say that but can you actually do it and then how how do you train to do it you know um you either need to run on a lot of hills or you need to, you know, you need to resistance train and feel that anaerobic, um, the, the need for the anaerobic uh, energy systems um, to really tackle hills. You know, I, I just got off the phone not too long ago with someone who's, who does no resistance training or little to none um, and was talking about a run that they had recently um, where it was about six miles of pretty hilly elevation and they struggled with it, you know, and that's another thing. Like, I feel like that concept has just been, I've had like a lot of small conversations about not like indirectly, like resistance training and running or swimming in cycling, you know? So anyway, I mean, if, if you're not resistance training, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to run, run up a hill. Right. I mean, what do you think? Oh, dude. and that's, I mean, that's the only reason that I, uh, that I, let me silence this real quick. That's probably the only reason that I was, I could do it, man. Cause like I, like I said, I don't run a hilly, uh, I don't have right. a mountainous or access to that. Um, so I mean, that's the only justification that I have that why I was strong on the hills. I mean, and they weren't like the grade wasn't, slight it was uh you know, i'm not a math guy at all you know that um so i don't know, really know the percent grade that it was but it was a they were good inclines you know um and like i said i don't it's not that i felt that i was I'm trying to think a way to word this it, it felt more powerful than i felt that i was anaerobically in shape does that make sense like i felt every strike that i had there was a lot behind it that was like powerful you know what i mean i'm not saying i'm not i didn't feel it in my lungs that i was hurting at all or i wasn't winded it wasn't that i just i the every impact that i had when i would strike and go to the next stride it felt strong which in turn you know i wasn't working as hard you know to yep. breathe and stuff like that so absolutely and like you know, we were talking the only thing i have justification for that is resistance training and dragging sleds you know yeah, yeah mm -hmm. for sure and i mean that that same kind of concept applies to at least for me what i had to do last week i i wasn't able to swim i mean okay technically yeah i was able to swim 
I didn't end up swimming at all last week. Um, so most of my TRX sessions were like swim specific musculature as best as I could, um, just to stay as fresh as I possibly can. Cause I knew that was like the one thing in my, in my experience, which isn't a crazy amount, but in my experience and from my perspective, um, of the three disciplines within triathlon, swimming is one that I think people are, people tend to lose faster when they're not doing it. So bike fitness, I think it takes a ton to build up bike fitness. So I wasn't worried about losing bike fitness in, you know, over the course of one week, I already had a great bike session yesterday morning, as soon as I got back. So my bike fitness did not, you know, didn't suffer at all. Um, and, you know, again, did my swim fitness suffer? I don't think I would use the term suffer, but it felt, it took me a little bit to get back in the groove this morning. Um, but as soon as I was in the groove, I was, I was hitting similar tempos and paces and I felt pretty strong in the water. So, you know, I have to attribute some of that to some of the more functional swim specific work that I was doing while not swimming last week, you know, and, um, you know, let's not forget at the same time, I was still trained. Like I was still had some very specific run workouts, not just like, Oh, let's go jog for a half hour. You know what I mean? Like I had, I had two hour long workouts of intervals and tempo. And then I had a 90 minute long run. So I got in like, I got in, you know, well over 25 miles. I got in some good miles, you know, um, on vacation, which is, which is rare, I think. So I was really, really pleased with how the, how the run fitness translated and, um, you know, honestly, I already got in a couple runs this week. You know, it's only, it's only Tuesday. So not a couple, but I got home and I ran for an hour on Sunday after the nine hour trip. So uh, I needed to shake some things out after sitting in the car for that long. So that felt good. And then I had a, what was yesterday? Just a short, like uh, 35, 40 minute uh, tempo workout. And that also felt really great. Um, I have, uh, some pretty hard intervals I'm going to hit out here. Um, as soon as we're done actually, and that workout will be really hard. Those intervals are tough, but, um, my run fitness is feeling pretty darn good. If anything, I want that to improve a little bit, but you know, I know I'm not, I'm not going to make like massive improvements in the next four weeks. But, um, you know, the confidence to know that I can do better, I think, is something that um, not, not, I'm not saying that I did poorly at all, but of course you want to continue to improve. But uh, just the fact that, you know, if I get a couple good workouts in, I know that I can do better and that'll help me go, go back to the drawing board and maybe just develop a better game plan for the race, something like that. Yeah, I actually, I, I put down two points here, and we can talk about one, but I definitely want to come back and kind of talk about both of them. 
um, one of them was probably kind of brief, but a vacation, I think it kind of depends what you did on the vacation, but you know, I think a lot of questions could be like, what do you, what do you do when you come back? Right. Like, how do you jump back in your, in your program? If you weren't technically like following it while you were gone. Right. So I think you know, that was something I probably used to ask myself, I think, and there's a lot of variables I probably go into it. You can tell me if you have the same opinions, like how long were you gone? Like what level? did you train when you were gone? How much did you deviate from your plan? Um, I think that's, and how much did you like move when you were gone? And I think a quick answer would be one, use general judgment. If you trained a lot when you were gone, you know, I think you, and you were gone maybe like a week or two, I think you'd be safe to say you could probably just picked up where you left off in your program. Um, but I think if you were gone one, two, three weeks and well one if you didn't do anything for a week you could probably get away with jumping right back into it personally yeah. i might take well, like two weeks if you didn't really do much three four up to a month i think take like a couple days to at least a week i think obviously the longer you're gone the longer it's going to stretch out just to just to move again you know get back without in a doubt. without a doubt i even think i would even go as far to say if you're going to go on a vacation for a week and do nothing like no exercise i mean yeah you got to be careful to go right back in i mean right. i don't think you would lose the fitness necessarily but the potential to overdo it after doing nothing for a week could could lead to injury or something um, yeah, I'm losing fitness at all i don't think yeah no i i think you could lose fitness if you do nothing for like two to four weeks potentially but I don't know what kind of vacation you're on and you can't find any time over two to four weeks. So it, it depends, I guess, if you're doing nothing for like, you, exactly like you said, the longer you do nothing, the longer you have to kind of take the ease back in. And I think, I think a week is the sweet spot where you're right. You can probably get away with it, come back and just hit the, hit the ground running where you, where you left off. Um, but it's going to really help if you can do anything, even if it's not part of your program, if you can just do anything while you're gone, you know, like you said, you like to do more walking, even, even something as simple as that, do more walking. If you can find some time to, you know, get in some runs, even if they're not super structured within your program. And it's not like you need to go run for two hours, you know, every single, no, every absolutely. single time you get out, but, yeah, I mean that that's a really that's a great uh a great little topic there is how you know how long do you need to wait before you're before you're back in in full swing and um yeah, I I would I would kind of agree and say one week is the sweet spot where if you're training hard, you can probably get away with doing nothing for a week. Um almost like a a down week or yeah, almost like a down week, I guess. If you're not training hard, then that the answer changes a little bit, right? So if you're not training hard, you're only training two, maybe three days a week, and they're not really hard sessions, a week off is probably not a great idea. You know, it might take you another session or two to get back in. But um, say for the most part, if you're regularly training a week, is probably that sweet spot where you can get away with it. Yeah, I just, you know, I could see that being, hey, someone listens to this, like what? I just yeah. was gone. I was just gone a week. You know what do I? I think you made another good point. Like how, what's your what's your what's your general physical preparedness at this point? You know, if you're someone that's been training five years consistently, a week off probably is 
not going to impact you that much, you know, but if you've been training a week or if you've been training two months, take a week off your body's yeah. probably, you know, and I, I was looking at more of it as like an injury thing, you know, come back and don't just jump under the bar or go for like a PR maybe that day. If that your if your body's tight, you know, especially if you've been in a car or in a plane, I think that all has a factor. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. And then, you know, another thing I kind of jotted down, you cut, we, you kind of brought it up and it popped in my head. You were talking about like resistance training leading to running and, you know, it's kind of cool. Like you said, no matter what you're doing, it kind of might impact other aspects of fitness. Like, you know, if you're, if you're some, if you're running and you get into your endurance is up and you start to transition into some resistance training, you know, you might not be as strong, but you're going to be able to, your resistance training is only going to increase. So if you're resistance train now and you add in some like light intensity aerobic training, it's just going to improve your resistance training workouts you know and i think the opposite is true if you kind of start you know if you're resistant if you're an endurance athlete and you kind of put in some some sort of resistance training you know it's going to improve the endurance part you know i think it's, it's kind of I, I, i'm not a runner like i don't run I, i'm more I'm not a long distance runner by any means at this point um but it was kind of cool to see that i still had something in the tank when i went out on the road and you know i, I don't know how long i ran mileage wise it wasn't anything crazy but it was there you know something was there so yeah kind of kind of a cool little point yeah it's like a little bit of a almost like a little bit of a crossover effect exactly um, between different energy systems and um different forms of training and you know as we know you know we both have come up through exercise science backgrounds but there's never ever only one energy system that's active there's always some overlap there's always going to be one that's predominantly active and for the majority active even upwards of 90 percent or higher in, ter in terms of you know the dominance of one energy system over another but there's always some interaction because to have a to have one be solely active is is just impossible um, that's, that's not just based on the type of activity that you're doing. It's based on the types of muscle fibers that are specifically innervating the motor unit that's being recruited. It's also affected by the food that you're eating. You know, are you eating only fat or only carbohydrates? You know, that also affects energy system demand and usage. So there's, there's a lot of intricacies that go into that, but absolutely there's crossover with um, resistance training and endurance training and vice versa. Um, yeah. It may not be a lot in some cases, but there's always some. So, yeah, yeah there's always some. So, you know, um, you know, in an example where it might not be a lot, you know, you take the world's strongest man and maybe it's tough for them to run a mile. Right. But, um, you know, don't forget they weigh 400 pounds and they still can probably run a mile. It might just be, it might just be really, really hard. Um, and, you know, and the opposite is true too, where, you know, you might have a, a crazy endurance athlete who is not the strongest man in the world, but they're training the musculature of whatever their sport is 
So they're going to have some functional strength in terms of that specific musculature. Now, of course, you know, whether or not they have the coordination to perform resistance training movements is entirely different. That's, that's a different conversation, but do they have the strength to do it? Of course they do, right? Of course they do. But, um, coordination and, and, you know, that type of neural recruitment isn't, it is different. And it's not, you know, we're not talking about the skill. We're talking about the, the crossover and the, the functionality of musculature essentially and different energy systems. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just some little points that when you were talking and I kind of jotted down and thought, kind of yeah. brought any, the kind of, I don't even think we realized they, they were brought up. So here and circle back. No, yeah, that's those are those are good points. Back back to your run. How far how far do you think your hill climbs were? Like how long were you pushing up those hills? Some were longer than others. Um, you know, one was probably one was one was very steep. Uh, I'd say trying to think here greater than 45 degrees and that was probably for you know 60 yards roughly you know so they weren't it wasn't a lot of them weren't steady long it was more like a short and yeah. I mean, it kind of fits into you know how i train you know exactly you know exactly yeah um a lot of them were you know probably i was probably pushing between 45 seconds to two minutes um as a push up a hill and i could i mean I, my time like on my little pace dropped probably a minute i looked at it and i was like i looked at it twice because i was like no way and um I, and it went back when i got back on level surface it it rose again back to a minute above from <laughs> um so i said i'd say at max probably some of the hills are probably like 70 yards max um so nothing crazy long, yeah. but still cool to see. Yeah, well, when when you go when you hit any type of hill, when you're running, your turnover for your stride has to be a little faster mm-hmm. because you can't cover as much distance with your stride because you're on an incline. Mm-hmm. You know, like your stride length has to shorten. So most people, when their turnover or their stride rate increases if they resistance train they can they can really gain some speed on hills but like you said and exactly like what happened to you it's going to happen for the short term it's not like it's going to be you know you're not going to have a mile of a hill and run that much faster for that full mile that's not going to happen but Mm -hmm. if you have short bursts of whether it's steep or just rolling hills absolutely like people who resistance train love that stuff love that stuff because because they see those hills they know their their um their rate is going to increase and they're going to put a little extra power behind it they're actually going to run faster so that's what actually that's what i love about rolling hill courses and ironically i haven't really run on any rolling hill courses like in triathlon but i have for just like running races um you get a little bit of an uphill so you can 
if you're if you're able to surge up a hill, you're going to pass a ton of people on hills. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not running right next to you, you're going to gain time on people because they don't surge. Most people don't surge up hills in races. But if you can, and it's just a rolling hill, right? Not again, not a mile long hill. That's not what I'm saying. Don't see a mile long hill and start to surge up the hill. You're going to ruin your entire race. But if you can see a rolling hill, like you said, maybe 100 yards, 200 yards, 50 yards, whatever it is, and you can surge up that hill, you're going to gain a ton of ground on people. And then not only that, you have the other side of the hill as well, where you can put forth less metabolic effort and still run fast you know, down the hill. So, um, I actually agree with you. I hate flat runs. I think flat, flat runs are, are like the hardest runs to pace and run efficiently because there's no, there's no, there's no change. There's no time to like relax. There's no time to surge. I mean, if, if you're going to surge on a flat, then your only recovery is still the flat. So it's the same exact stimulus to the, to the musculature. So, I mean, I hate flat courses for that reason. Um, even if it's just a tiny little rolling hill, man, those courses are great. I love those courses. I think there's some really fast times to be, you know, to, to race on those courses. And that's, I personally like rolling hill courses. There's, there's a rolling hill course um, that, that has there's a race series that's um on that course like every every uh early winter i guess or 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 late winter early spring i guess and i always run super fast at those races like regardless of where my fitness is i just love rolling hills and i think um i think point you brought up just just speaks to that i just if you resistance train rolling hills are, are probably more, you're probably able to run more efficiently on a rolling hill than uh, a flat. Yeah. I, I couldn't help but think, you know, I, when I was actually running, I pictured if there was someone next to me that didn't like train resistance training, they were just runners. Granted, they probably would have been ahead of me from all the other, you know, but I would have loved to see what, what happened to the pace when we actually hit the hill. You know, if there's like steadied off or just stayed the same or if theirs went up as much as mine, I, I mean, I couldn't help to think, you know, but or if you could have just put us on that same playing ground, like, you know, put us right next to each other at that point in time. Yeah. Like, and like, I was like playing that in my head and, you know, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I would think, you know, it would be, I'd be a little bit quicker. Like I said, I'd probably get, you know, they catch back up once we hit the flat again, but, you yeah. know, I want to be a little bit quicker going up the hill. So yeah, little small yeah. point that a small point that just having fun training that I I picked up last week. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's also like really cool when you're in the middle of a training session and you then and then you think of something like that and you think about okay, um, would this friend of mine who does no resistance training but is super fast would he or she be right next to me? How would they be approaching this? You know, those thoughts are really cool. And sometimes they're, they're motivating. And sometimes, of course, if you're on the other side of it, sometimes it can be a negative thought, but 
if you if you have the thought in the right context it can be really motivating to you know to kind of reassure yourself look e even if you're not like a runner necessarily i trained for this exact 50 yard interval i should be fine going up this hill let's just rip it and and see how it goes so yeah those moments are are really fun especially when you're having them like in real time and you feel your performance is better because of something you did in the past. I mean, that's, yeah, that's like as good as it gets, but um, <clears throat> that just speaks back to the, all of this kind of speaks back to, at least for me personally, the importance of resistance training this, this season for me in triathlon. That's what my conversation was. Someone was asking me, a friend was asking me something about that. And I said, well, last season, I basically, I resistance trained, but with no real intent. Mm. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't consistent with my frequency or anything like once or twice a week. And then as I got closer, you know, once or zero times a week. And um, I think that was a mistake, honestly, looking back at that at last season i don't think i like did poorly last season but i'm already in much better shape uh this this year and i resistance train you know four or five times a week um if it's a slow week it might be two or three but that's very rare i'd say four or five times a week is pretty is pretty normal the summer's a little bit different it's not always that i guess but three or four for sure i guess over the summer but Anyways, I've been much more intentional with it. I'm running faster. My bike got way better. My swim got better. I mean, I, I know that doesn't happen for forever. Eventually, I'm going to, you know, you'll hit a point where you're not PRing every race, right? But for right now, everything is better. And um, I attribute most of it to resistance training, maybe some to a little bit more discipline in other areas of my life, I guess. But um, I'd say for the most part, if I had to point a finger, that's what it would be for me as, you know, I guess as an endurance athlete, because the sport I participate in is predominantly endurance focused. Resistance training has been extremely important for me this, this season. So I think um, looking ahead to Ohio and, you know, geez, not even four weeks, three and a half weeks, I guess. I think I can put up um, a little bit better of um, an overall time. You know, we spoke, seems like forever ago, we spoke about my goal for Eagle Man being 530. And I essentially realized at some point in that race, I know we hadn't like spoken about it one-on-one, -on -one, you and me, like, uh, in detail, I guess, but at some point in the race, I thought that I was going to get, I was going to break 520. So I was holding back on my run to, to see if I had a kick for like the last 5k or maybe like the last five miles. When I realized that the kick wasn't going to happen, like I was just kind of like, like you said, I was just like coasting on a flat road at the same pace and eventually that just caught up to me and I didn't have the kick that I wanted. I just decided I just like fell back to my original goal of 530 and I just kind of coasted in. But 
I think if I'm a little bit more intelligent with the start of my run, I can, I can run like minutes faster, like significantly faster. So I'm starting to think about a plan to hopefully run five or hopefully race 520 instead of, uh, I just raced 527. And I know like 527 was a humongous PR for me. So it's like, well, how do you expect to do that much better in, you know, a month, but, um, or six weeks, but I think I can just have a better game plan and approach the race a little bit differently. And, um, I think 520 is doable, but there's a lot that goes into that. This race in Ohio could be way hotter, way more humid. And then 520 is out the door, you know, because that high temp, high humidity changes everything. So, um, in a perfect world, I think 520 is possible. So that's what I'm, I'll throw it out there. That's what I'm shooting for. Sweet. Yeah. And we can, we'll talk more about that, you know, as the race approaches, we still have, like I said, almost a month, but, um, anyways, that's where I'm at. You got anything else? No, that's good. We'll probably, probably wrap this one up. Yeah. It's nice to, nice to be back from vacation and back in the groove here. So yeah, if you're listening, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following us on, uh, on all of our social media and stuff, Facebook, Instagram, at Hill Pursuit. Um, if you want to send us an email, ask a question, um, see what's going on in the world of Hill Pursuit, hillpursuit at gmail.com. Check it out. The website, hillpursuit.com, the daily blog, a little bit of everything on the website. Keep up with all the other podcasts, things like that. But um, that's all we got for today. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.